Welcome to Flix, my name's Daniel Swan. This is episode 99, in which myself and my lovely wife, Tiffany B, discuss Ant-Man and the Wasp, the 20th Marvel Cinematic Universe film. God, they've done 20 of them. You would have thought they'd have been able to knock out an half-decent one by now, right? They have. They're all amazing. Avengers Infinity War ended in the way Avengers Infinity War ended. Can a film that deliberately does not answer many of the burning MCU questions on the lips of fans be truly satisfying? The secret to success of the original Ant-Man film was that it was about Ant-Man. It arrived hot on the heels of the star-studded, overstuffed Avengers Age of Ultron back in 2015 and benefited from the same boon that Guardians of the Galaxy had taken such rich advantage of the year before, a lack of expectations. Now, while Guardians could play the anonymity card with only comic book aficionados knowing about the talking raccoon and the tree alien, Ant-Man wasn't burdened with demanding fans because of its troubled production, which saw it developed by Edgar Wright over a period of eight years and five script drafts before they parted ways. Peyton Reed then stepped in very, very late in the day, still beholden to many of Wright's original ideas and, more importantly, his original release date. Now, with a production period like that, how could it be anything other than a mess? Now, with that advantage, a relatively reduced budget thanks to some constrained writing and a second act that was almost exclusively set in a single house, plus the weapons-grade charm of Mr. Paul Rudd, Ant-Man sailed to a worldwide gross of over half a billion dollars. Whether a sequel was originally planned or not, we'll never know, because money like that meant a second outing for the Bijou hero was officially announced just three months after the original film was released. Which brings us to Ant-Man and the Wasp, a film that has been under the control of Peyton Reed right from the start, and building on a very successful first film, along with a scene-stealing turn in Captain America Civil War. Will the film rise to the occasion, or will it come up short? Oh. Tiffany B. <laughs> uh, yes. Do we recap Hello? it? I don't suppose there's much need, is there? I don't think so. No. Um, what did you think, though, in spoiler-free fashion? Um, in spoiler-free fashion, I thought I thought it was good. I liked it. It told a story that I enjoyed. <laughs> um, what do you mean? Because if I'm not recapping it, I'm not sure what I'm doing. Well, just what were your what were your kind of general thoughts without spoiling any plot points? <laughs> <laughs> I thought um, okay. I thought that it retained um, its kind of tone humorous tone did you enjoy the first one maybe let's start there yes i did enjoy the first one yeah yes although 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 i must say please do that just before we went to see this one yeah we rewatched the old one we did and what a clever move that was it was it was because it did remind me of what had happened yeah but I was a bit more underwhelmed by it. I remember enjoying it a lot more than I well, did. Well, the original, the original yeah. one. Oh, yeah. interesting. Um, I just kind of thought, oh, this is kind of lacking in terms of story second time round. Interesting. Um, but I thought what it did do really well was the humour mm-hmm. and the tone. Yeah. And this, this did that as well. Yeah. And most Marvel films do focus on that kind of humorous tone or you know kind of with levity mm-hmm. but Whimsy. this was a little bit more like yeah. it was consistent all the way there wasn't a time when it was like oh my god this is really serious you know? Ugh, what about the ants everyone's gonna die you know yeah that didn't really it happen. definitely falls into more of the guardians of the galaxy yeah thor ragnarok yeah kind of thing where it's like well, this is a comedy that is 
that has action elements to it as yeah. opposed to an action film that will make you laugh a couple of times. Exactly, yeah. It's not Winter Soldier, let's say no. that. Certainly not. Certainly not. Um, yeah, so I thought it did that very well. Um, I thought it did a good job of like picking up where it had left off mm. and, and telling a story without yeah. it being too kind of like, oh, we've got to get the old team back together again. Yeah. It was all a bit more kind of, you know, there were reasons for things Yeah. rather than the kind of... Uh, yeah, the kind of let's all get together to solve this problem again. Mm. You know, it was more of a kind of needs based model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, it, yeah, so. It wasn't a like. Do you know what I mean? Like, it felt like there were. There was a good enough story behind it that there was a reason for these things happening again. Yeah. Aside from, oh, there's just a new villain that we yeah. need to like tackle. Yeah, I thought it did a good job because it's, yeah, so it's three years after Ant-Man uh, and only two years after um, Captain America Civil War, yes. which is obviously the last time we saw yes. uh, Scott. Mm-hmm. Which we watched as well again recently. Yeah, because why wouldn't you? It's the greatest film ever made. Um, but when we started watching this film, I'd completely forgotten about that. <laughs> and so they were referring to things about that like yeah. oh in Germany you did this and I yeah. was like what happened in Germany guys so this s- starts off yeah so so in the timeline of it all Ant-Man happens he beats Darren Cross who's a yellow jacket defeats him gets you know everything's all happy is on good terms with his ex-wife and her new husband Bobby Cannavale yeah. Uh, and his daughter. Um, and then Civil War happens, so the Falcon comes a knocking and says, hey, we're about to have this big dust-up in uh, Leipzig, um, and we need some super-powered, you know, backup. Come on down. Will you help us out? And Scott Lang, I guess because he doesn't like Iron Man, they kind of put that into the thing. I'm not sure what, I can't remember whether that was established in the first Ant-Man, but he's not a f- big fan of uh, Tony Stark. Mm. Um so he says yes and kind of grabs a suit and runs off to Leipzig and um grows all big and all that kind of good stuff. Uh which then because the team Captain America were outlaws at that point thanks to the Sokovia Accords. Um he got thrown in prison. Um, but worked out a deal with the American government to be under house arrest instead for two years um, yeah. instead of spending time in the raft, and that's which where is he the is underwater thing, which is where he is. Yeah, which I thought was a very good way of saying, because that's a tough thing now with these Marvel yeah. films. of like not only, I mean, what was a film that we saw recently that like picked up as soon as the previous one finished? The Incredibles. Yeah. We watched The Incredibles recently, and that starts... Right at the end of like, the last one. It's a real kind of born supremacy, born ultimatum kind of... Just yeah. one runs exactly into the other one. Yeah. But Marvel films can't really do that because of the weird kind of... Well, not weird, but because they've got so many spinning plates. Yeah. Everything kind of has to take place in real time. Yeah. So the last Avengers film was three years ago in real life, so it the, it has to be about three years ago in Marvel time as well. Mm. So there has to be these kind of breaks and things, unless they kind of muck around with that, with certain things that they've done. Um, and I thought that was a that was quite an elegant uh, and like you say, kind of logical way and reason for that to be the case why yeah. he hasn't been ant-manning since yeah um and then it's taken two years for hope and dr pym to you know construct the thing that they're constructing yeah and so it like yeah like you say it makes sense why there hasn't been two years of ant-man fun yeah yeah um and why things are only just kicking off now um yeah i thought i thought it yeah matched the tone very very well it was very very funny I, I felt like the because um, I was reading up and uh, quite a lot on Ant Man to do that um, incredible intro, and 
yeah, watching kind of interviews with Peyton Reed where he was talking about um, the difficulty of the first one and coming in, yeah, so late in the day where the script had pretty much already been done and already been sorted and he had to kind of, you know, work with a lot of things that were already in place and just try and make them, you know, adapt them where possible. Um, but the tricky thing being that Edgar Wright started developing this one before the first Iron Man had even come out. Yeah. And so there were lots of things like having a villain that was pretty much the same as the good guy. Yeah. In like that they did an Iron Man and they did an Incredible Hulk uh, and they did in Captain America kind of um, that they kind that they have moved away from now that that was a kind of an early criticism that people had of Marvel films of like, oh, and the villains just the good guy, just the good guy but you know nasty but he's got the same powers and the same you know if it's a guy good guy's a guy in a suit it's just going to be a bad guy in a suit um and so i think yeah ant-man the original one felt like a bit of a bit of a throwback yeah um and yeah felt maybe a little bit out of date whereas this being able to be kind of developed contemporaneously like since the last one i think it benefited a lot from that interesting villains really interesting uh uses of the power yeah uh, of the growing and shrinking stuff they really kind of go nuts with that in this one yeah uh it's obviously got a lot more money behind it Mm. which is visible definitely um but yeah i i i feel like this was the kind of um what you want from a from a sequel really of any sequel of like it takes what you liked about the first one yeah and just dials it. it up a little bit yeah makes everything a bit bigger a bit you know if you thought it was funny it's going to be a bit funny if you thought yeah. the action was good the action's going to be a bit more if you like the characters there's going to be more characters and they're going to be you know drawn yeah. from similar places um so yeah i i really really liked it i thought it was really good i know you did oh, oh i can tell oh. i can tell we're on track for a high score here high score baby um but to find out what that high score will be you'll have to stick with us into the spoiler section um if you haven't seen the film and you're not sure whether you're going to go and see the film then i would advise you to stop listening now go and see the film then listen to the rest of it afterwards perhaps when you're walking home or you're getting the bus home just stick us in your ear holes um but if you uh have seen the film and you're looking forward to um delving deeper then stick with us after the jingle where we will be we'll be talking about this film in microscopic detail Ah! Dealing with a quantum realm. So stay with us. Here's a jingle. We're just about to spoil this film. So I'm telling you it won't be groovy. If you listen any further without watching the movie. It's spoilers! That was the jingle. You know by now what that means. It means we're into the, the jungle, the swamp of spoilers where we will be delving into the nitty and indeed the gritty using our patented (laughs) 5.6 outcome rating system um, to generate our uh, overall score for the film Tiffany B yo give us a point will ya (laughs) give us a point to me on Christmas morn Okay. Um, <laughs> my first point. What's your first point? Somewhat covered, but I That's shall fine. bring it up again. Please do. Um, and it is humor. Humor. I thought it was humorous. Oh. Um, yeah, I thought it was very funny. Yeah. Um, and I think that the main components of that humor were Paul Rudd and Michael. Pena? Pena? Pena. Pena. Um, yeah, I thought they they both kind of have a kind of a very... Um, I don't know what the word is, but like electric or interesting presence when they're on screen. Interesting. And they both, um, I think, are just very funny. Yeah. And just like comedic actors. And they both... Um, stole their scenes in different ways I think Mm -hmm. and so um, yeah I thought that was really good and I think the humour you know from 
Paul Rudd throughout is is important, and it it does that thing that um, a lot of the kind of good Marvel films do, of like cutting through the nonsense that can exist in superhero films. Yeah. Or, you know, like the science and like, we have to do this and this and this. And he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Or um, uh, there's the, you know, the funny bit where they're all tied up and then he's trying to have a FaceTime with his daughter and he's like, can you just oh, yeah. like hold it up and I just need yeah. to talk to her. And, and you know, it's it's very kind of silly. Yeah. Um, and very funny. And then Michael... Peña. 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 He, um, I think he's very funny. He has this kind of wide-eyed uh, earnestness. Yeah. That in the sea of, like, bad guys. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, I guess mostly bad guys. Um, is very amusing and very engaging, I think. And then he, he has this kind of, you know, persona of, like, talking a lot. And telling a long-winded story. and Yeah. I don't know. It, it seems to be endlessly funny. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, works really well. And that whole bit when he's, like, you know, speaking through the voices, uh, the faces of other people yeah. when he's telling a story. They yeah. really kind of went harder on that this time. Yeah. They did a bit of it last time. And they did a lot more of it this time. And I thought it was really funny. Mm. And I'm glad that they did do that because it's... There's something very funny about that. It's, yeah. it's something quite original as well. I haven't seen that before. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I yeah, I, I think it is. Yeah, it's a very, very funny film. It's, it is always nice when it, yeah, kind of hits that. A f- yeah, a Marvel film kind of hits that funny tone first. Because a lot of them will, you know, they'll go for the action first. Which is great, and then they'll have the humour afterwards. But I think this is, yeah, definitely falls into that Guardians, Ragnarok yeah. kind of category of like, well, we're trying to make you laugh. Yeah. It's an action comedy as opposed to an action film that, yeah. that with, you know, with laughs in it. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think the, the benefit, I think the, the very clever thing that they've done with this is by making... Because in the comics, it's Scott. Yeah, as in the film, Scott Lang is the second Ant Man. The yeah. first Ant Man is Hank Pym, and he's kind of a. He was one of the original Avengers. Yeah. What this does, obviously, by having, um, it be him be a kind of a, a legacy hero. He's he's taking on the mantle of of Ant Man from Hank Pym, means that he has skills. Obviously, he's very good at. He's a very clever guy, and he's good at, you know heisting and breaking into things and I think the first film does that very you know arguably better than than this one does um but he's not the cleverest guy mm. because Hank Pym's the cleverest guy so he gets to be stupid in comparison with him mm. and he's not the best at fighting because Hope's better than him mm. because she has a better suit and she's been training for it her whole life mm. so this allows him to be a bit more kind of schlubby yeah. and a bit more you know it, it, it's less I think a person, a lot of the time, a kind of Paul Rudd kind of character, mm. you want to have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of stupidity there. Yeah. And he's not stupid, but by putting him with a super genius like Hank Pym, yeah. means that he gets to play that, that kind of role. Every man and yeah. like, what? Which I think is very, it's a very yeah. kind of canny move on their part. Um, and I, I mean, it's, yeah. But, so one of my points was that it was a the funny tone uh, and fast pace. Mm. I think that it really it goes along at a real kind of real real fast pace, mm. um, and a real um, it, it doesn't stop and it doesn't kind of relent. And it's it's not the longest film. Uh, mm. It's 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 quite a quite a quick one. How long is it? It is a mere hundred and eighteen minutes. So it's under two hours, which for superhero films is not particularly common. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, and it really, it kind of just keeps going and going and going. Mm. Um, and having, having all of these kind of, the action be really inventive, having the story go along at a real zip gives it a kind of a, uh, a kind of tone that I think is exactly what I wanted it to be after Infinity War. Mm. 
Because yeah. Infinity Which War comes tough. along and it's like, that's a dark... It's, it's the darkest ending of, you know, any... You know, it's like, it's... Rogue One has a more hopeful ending than this. Mm. And everybody dies in that one. Mm. But then there's that nugget of hope at the end. Infinity War doesn't have that hope. No. It's just like, the bad guy wins, credits, see you later. Yeah. Um, and so this just acts as a one, as I exactly as I wanted it to, as I hoped it would, it just acts as a real nice kind of palate cleanser, yeah. I think. It's, it's a real, just like, just enjoy this film. It's really fun. It zips along. Have fun. And then once we get into Captain Marvel, then it will get heavier again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think it was, yeah, a real nice... The, the, the comedy and the speed and the everything just kind of gives it a tone that I think was really, really enjoyable and really... Um, necessary. Yeah, necessary. Um, after Infinity War. So, yeah, I think the yeah. humour plays into part of that. May I dive in with another? Please. Um, you know I like to give little moments. Here we are. Shout-outs. Let's hear it. Um, and one of my shout-outs, one of my little perfect moments was... Luis, um, in his truth serum. Oh um, yeah, that was funny. Scene, yeah. which is great. It's just really great. And like, credit to them. Whoever the other guy is, the guy who's Joker's little buddy yeah. in uh, Dark Knight and Ti, even a funny little kind of the yeah. interplay that they all have yeah. is again it's very yeah. zippy like they're the kind of yeah. the village idiots yeah knocking around um and then yeah to have the the bad guy who's administering it and walton goggins as the bad guy it was j- just and a they're re- all like getting frustrated with yeah them and, like yeah. it's not a truth serum oh, it sounds like a truth that was really good um and yeah as we were saying like the perfect kind of sequel in that it takes a thing that they did in the first one and just builds it up. Yeah. Makes it more. Yeah. Um, and I bet Paul Rudd, who I know had a writing credit in the first one. I think um, he was in this one as well. And had a writing credit in this one as well. It's probably like, that looked really fun. Yeah. <laughs> doing the, in the kind of, man, and that girl fine? She's crazy, stupid fine. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to do that in this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get yeah. the thing in this one. I'm going to talk like, uh, like Louise. Um, yeah, I just thought it was, it was one of those great, yeah, it was a great sequel thing because it was a kind of a build-up of something that you've already seen. And it was a great example of, you know, this is something that's going to push the plot along. And in any other film, yeah, would have been true. done real quick. They would have punched him, maybe, or you know, yeah. threatened him, or tortured him for the information. They're like, no, 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 we've got, a f- we can do that, but here's a funny way a of doing funny, it. Funny, yeah. Um, and I think that that speaks to the charm of Ant Man, and mm. yeah, the the yeah the kind of great talent and great characterization of yeah. uh, Michael Pena. Yeah, I think he's, yeah, that is a really funny scene. Like, mm. And you know how it's going to go, but it's still just really funny. Yeah, it's just really fun and to And then, like, of. yeah, getting frustrated with him. And yeah. he's, like I say, meandering around this story. Yeah. And then there's a debate and discussion around whether it's truth serum or not. Yeah. And, yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. Um, a next point for me, then, since you raced ahead. Sorry. No, no. No. Um... <laughs> I I think, uh, and again, this has been briefly mentioned, but I thought in this film, um, it, it obviously had some more money behind it. Yes. And it took that money and did some really cool kind of creative things with it. The, with the whole, like, blowing things up and reducing the size yeah of things yeah um and so when they're having like the car chase and you know she's uh hope is like making the car tiny and then coming up underneath the car to make it big so that you know and i thought that was really cool because it's like using what this power is or what this thing is yeah to have a unique action scene yeah um and even down to smaller details like um 
having the the building as like a little pull along suitcase yeah. and I know that was all in the trailer and stuff but it was it's cool a great like moment. really kind of creative yeah. cool ideas of like what could you do if you could reduce everything down to a tiny size yeah. and then you know um so yeah there was a lot of that kind of stuff a lot of t- attention to detail there and some really kind of cool like I say unique creative ways of approaching not only action but just some of the scenes in general yeah um that i thought was really cool and like yeah there's that scene in like the kitchen where she's like running across the knife yeah is that her or him yeah that's her yeah um there's quite a lot of that and throws the salt of, shaker into the corner yeah. and the guy runs into it cause it's yeah big and, all of that yeah. like really just different yeah, because it's, it's like, yeah, like you used the perfect word there, which was unique. It's yeah. like you have literally never seen this stuff in an action yeah. film before. Yeah. Because no other film has had this particular shrinky yeah. ability before. Yeah. So which you, is like quite a hard, quite a feat, I yeah. think, um, with action to yeah. do something new. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and I think that they did that not only because they had money, but because they, they thought, what? What is what is this person? What is this power? Yeah. And how can we show that? Like, yeah. what are the interesting ways that we can show that? Yeah. And I think that came across really well. Yeah. So whoever was behind those kind of ideas, yeah, I thought was really really good. Yeah, because they did a lot of that in the in the first one, but the first one just tended to be, wouldn't it be funny if there was a giant Thomas the Tank Engine? Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if there was a yeah. giant ant or whatever? And it was funny. And it was funny. Yeah. But this, yeah, took it to that extra extra level of inventiveness of, like, oh, him being large and using, like, the flatbed truck as, like, a yeah. skateboard. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, that was one of my points as well. Unique, inventive use of powers. Yeah. And them kind of shrinking and growing to, yeah, kind of give you things that, that you've never seen before. Um because, you know, Captain America's great. I will not hear a bad word said about Captain America. But he's a guy who's faster and stronger than normal people. Yeah. And we've seen that happen a million times crazy. before. Yeah. Whereas this, with a little bit of ingenuity that they definitely showed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, I, I thought it was, it was clever as well. Because when, when uh, Scott goes to see Hank and they're in the lab and they've built this amazing ridiculous thing it's like how you feel when you see the 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 bat cave and you think so you so this is like a secret thing no one so you've built this all on your it's you and alfred yeah have constructed like finished all this you know brushed stainless steel like this is all you but with this they're like "Eh, ants have done it yeah. Giant ants yeah, and they have them all working like, all perfect. the time. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that explains it all. Yeah. I, I, I have no further questions, Your Honour. <laughs> that is perfect. It was giant ants, let's move on. Um, and stuff like that is, yeah, it, it doesn't need to make airtight sense. No. But as long as it makes some sense, enough sense, I'm 100% on board. You're all about board. that. I'm all on board with it. I thought it was great. And having the little, like, Hot Wheels thing of like which car should oh, we use? Oh yeah, that was cool. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, that was fun. And it it doesn't make and any... it's fun as well. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Lots is of it's fun. like, you know, if in the real world there was a real superhero who could shrink and and what's the opposite of shrink? Grow. Well, enlarge. Enlarge, then um, you know maybe they would do different things. But this one was more like, how can we have fun with it? Yeah. What you know? would be fun? Yeah. Wouldn't what it be fun, fun if this yeah. happened? Wouldn't it be great exactly. if this happened? Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was really good. Yeah. I like that. Um, which leads me, I think. Oh. Leady, leady. To my next point. Does it lead me? It doesn't right. really lead me, but I'm just going to go on. Sure. Go um, to, I liked that... Um, I felt like there was a lot of, or not a lot actually, but some thought given to like motives and villains and bad guys and what was going on. Interesting. Talk to me about that. Well, because I think particularly with um, the ghost character, 
Yeah. That's what she was called, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she... Ava. Ava Star. Yeah, she, you know, has an objective. She has a thing she wants to do. She's trying to, you know, kind of save herself. Yeah. From this kind of disease, would we say? or I suppose, yeah. Disorder kind of, or something? I don't know. Yeah, exposure to the quantum realm, quantum energy is, yeah. Yeah. Some kind of condition. Yeah. And then, like... What's his name? Lawrence Fishburne's character? Bill Foster. He's... Goliath. Yeah. He's trying to help her. Yeah. Because he feels some kind of fatherly, yeah. like, duty to her. Um, and then Hank Pym's trying to... And Hope are trying to get his wife back. and they Or trying to at least discover whether she's mm. there. And, um, yeah, it feels like... And what I really liked about that relationship was, you know, the whole kind of world. They're the bad guys, Ghost and yeah, Ben Fisher, Bill Foster, Bill Foster. Oh, Ben Fisher, <laughs> old Ben Fisher. Sometimes we're by the name of Bill Foster. Bill Foster, Ben Foster, Bill Foster. <laughs> Which one? Ben Fisher. Ben Fisher. Which one? <laughs> ben. Bobby Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Fashionable Bobby. Lawrence Fishburne. He. AKA Fashion Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> he, he. I've completely forgotten what I was saying now. Well, he's not he the bad has. Guy. No, but he kind of seems like he is. Yeah. And then he's kind of like. Yeah, I loved that moment when he was like, no, I'm not going to do that. When she was like, what was it she was going to do? She was going to take kidnap the kid. Yeah. And he was like, no. Yeah. Too far, no. If you do that... I'm out. I'm out. And I really love that. Yeah. Because it shows like a dynamic, interesting character mm. who isn't just a bad guy or yeah. a good guy. Um, and I just like that. And I liked that she still pursued it because her motive... You know what? Like... It's kind of understandable. It's that desperation. It's like she needs to survive. Yeah. This is a, a kind of survival instinct that yeah. she's acting on. And yeah, so I, I really did like that. Yeah. And I also liked that um, motive was given to all these people, I think. And there was the other guy, the other bad guy. Sonny Birch. Yeah. Who doesn't really have much of a motive aside from like wanting to collect these things right yeah. so they can sell them and have control over look, that kind of stuff which is enough mm. I think um, but all of this is relatively like small mm. the, the, the motives and the consequences are pretty much held to the people in the story yeah like it's their lives mm. it's not the lives of the world or the country or the city or the town yeah it's their lives is yeah. the impact on their lives and their futures like Paul Rudd or Ant-Man's you know trying to get home so that he can be out of house arrest or whatever yeah so he's not caught outside of his house and so that he can spend time with his daughter without yeah you know and so I like that there's these little kind of hints of like motive yeah why is that person doing that mm. um I like that there was thought given to that. Yeah. Even like a little bit of thought. Mm. Um, yeah. And I liked that it wasn't black and white, who's good and who's bad. Um, I liked that it was that kind of thing of like, sometimes people do bad things for good reasons. Yeah. You know? And it so it, it blurs the line a little bit, makes it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, because with, you know, with Ghost and with, um, you know... Bobby. Hank. <laughs> Fashionable Bobby. Fashionable Bobby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you get... it's The story is essentially, when you boil it down to it, she... There's, like... She's dying from something and uh, Janet is dying from something. Yeah. And there's one pill that yeah. will cure one of them. Yeah. And the good guys want it and the bad guys want it. Yeah. And that's the story, really. Yeah. Um, and so if somebody's getting in the way of you getting a thing that you want, yeah. they're automatically the bad guy. Yeah. But also, no, they're not. Yeah. Really. When you think about it the other way yeah. around, it's like you're the bad guy. Yeah. It's like, you know, in a zombie film where or like a kind of post apocalyptic film where 
there's people roaming the streets and you have to try and kill them because if you if you don't kill them then you're going to starve but it's like but if they don't kill you they're going to starve as yeah. well so it's that difficult thing of like yeah who's the bad guy yeah. but then one of my points oh yeah was um Mr. Walton Goggins as Sonny Birch oh really because I really like and it's it's kind of plays in with the with Ghost and with Bill Foster as well of like that's a very sympathetic bad guy that's a bad guy who is kind of a bad guy yeah but then you also get the bad guy of Sonny Birch who's just a bad guy who's just a bad guy yeah and I I think that's really good like we watched Star Wars today we watched A New Hope today yeah and it's so like I understand the, the, the kind of the, the compulsion and it's something that Marvel have suffered from before of someone like Malekith from Thor 2 mm. just wants to take over the world and destroy things and blah 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 he's clearly just a bad guy there's no redeeming features whatsoever but if he is relegated to a secondary villain and there's another villain that is more like you get the kind of the tragic villain mm. who is you know a good guy except the they've they've path. taken a slightly different path. Yeah. You have that, but then you also have the somebody who's just a bad guy. I just think that's a that's a nice you get everything then. Mm. And when you get someone like Walton Goggins playing him who's he is just a bad guy. Who's just a bad guy and I think he's very charismatic. I think he's re- he was really good in the very small role that he had. Yeah. You knew his character you yeah. knew what he was all about. You knew what he was willing to do to get what he wanted to get. Um, he had the comedy as well with Luis and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just think, yeah, they, they handled their antagonists very well. Mm. It was, it was, they were, they were antagonists that um, were from a company that has, that this is their 20th film. Mm. And they are kind of, they've got a good handle now on, what works and what doesn't yeah um because yeah as boring as it i i guess the point i'm trying to make is as boring as it is to just have a series of bad guys who are just bad guys yeah it's i think it's also boring to have a series of bad guys that aren't really bad guys okay you know and so by having both of them in here i think it added a lot it it allowed you know you to have a kind of a range of different kind of interactions between the characters yeah um, and I just thought Walton Goggins was very good interesting he's a, he's a interesting he's a that you've smooth, picked him out smooth murder sure you know okay that's my thoughts it sounds like you're saying okay Tiffany but I think the exact opposite <laughs> no 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 I know it's I'm not. just joking it's not it's Don't just joke. funny I won't ever joke again. but then you also get the the kind of tertiary bad guy who's not oh, a bad guy at all. Oh, we're not done. Okay, yeah. Of uh, Agent Wu. Oh, yeah, he's funny. Who's just there for comedy. Yeah. And so you get the kind of the inept bad guy, the kind of the inept... Like, Walton Goggins wasn't really... Oh, was yeah. never a huge threat. No. Um, and the just one persistent. that was... Just persistent. and with resources. And then... The, so there was, like, three different types of bad guys, three different yeah, types of antagonists. True. Yeah, I just think it keeps it interesting, keeps it fresh. Well, interestingly... Tell me. This brings me to my negative point. Oh. Which is... There were three bad guys. And they were... Kind of. That I think there was, to some extent, too much going on. Okay. Um... There, there are a lot of people in this film. Yes. And whilst I think that I couldn't pick out one person and be like, that role wasn't very good or yeah. that person wasn't very good at acting. Like, I thought they, the ensemble cast was great. Yeah. Um, but there's a hell of a lot of them. Yeah. And I do think that can sometimes take away from things. And I think who it took away from was not um, Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know, even the bad guys. I think who it took away from was Hank Pym and Hope. Yeah. Hope Pym? Van Dyne. Oh. Um, because it's kind of should be their story. Yeah. And it's not, really. Mm. Um, 
And I don't think, again, I don't think that, that they were acted badly or that mm. I didn't like their storyline or anything like that, but there was just a lot going on, which mm. I think speaks to your kind of point about fast pace and, yes. you know, it's always moving forward. It was a jam-packed film. But I do think the downside of that sometimes can be like, what happened? Yeah. What was the story? You know? And th- and don't, like, there was a lot of things happening and there was a lot of story happening and I do think, like I say, there was a lot of, like, character and a lot of thought given to motive and stuff. But, I don't know, sometimes you think you could probably afford to lose one strand of that story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as much as I liked Ghost and, um fashionable Bobby I just think like either remove them or the other bad guy Walter Goggins or whatever his name is because like who do I care about here Mm. who I don't know do you know what I mean just felt like there were a hell of a lot of people there's Ant-Man his ex-wife and husband and the daughter Mm -hmm. so there's that dynamic then there's Ant-Man and like his um, ex-con friends mm-hmm. and then there's Ant-Man and Hope Ant-Man and Hank Pym then there's Hank Pym's wife mm-hmm. so that's all of that these are all stories that need to be tell- told as well Hank Pym and Bill Foster they're yeah. yeah exactly and then there's Walter Goggins and Hope and their relationship and how they yeah. you know it starts to be a bit like wow there's a lot going on here and like you say it's not that long of a film no. which I think is good yeah it does move very quickly, but I, I don't know. Sometimes I think, if you're doing a lot like that, it feels almost like filler, like your story isn't like dense enough. Interesting. For you not to add in like four other strands. Yeah. You know, and so I think maybe it lacked the depth of a kind of central storyline. Mm. Um. And so it made up for it with all of these characters. I must say, it made up for it well. Mm. It was a very enjoyable film. Yeah. But when you start to think about it, when I was thinking about what did I like and what didn't I like, I was kind of like, whose story was this? What mm. was this about? It was about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and I think that it could have been a bit like tighter yeah. had it been about less things. Okay. So, please don't hurt me, but that is my negative point. Unbelievable. To counter, if oh. I may... This is getting very controversial. Controversial. Yeah. I feel like... The opposite. You are wrong. (laughs) And here is why. Get off my podcast. No. Um, I feel like this... Yeah, it had a similar thing to Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Because I thought... Which you also watched recently. Which I also watched recently. (laughs) Twice. Twice. It was amazing. Each time is better than the the other one. Um, (laughs) There's a version of Thor Ragnarok that is really heartfelt. Yeah. Because his dad dies. I mean, spoiler alerts for Thor Ragnarok, but you've seen Thor Ragnarok. Because everyone's seen Thor Ragnarok. It was on TV all the time. Um, His sister shows up. She was forgotten. She was kind of cast aside and forgotten by Asgard and by Odin. Odin, as a father, is oh, you know, maybe he's not the kind of perfect paragon of virtue that he presented himself to be. There's a lot of stuff in there yeah. that if you'd given it more time... Would have been more weighty. Really weighty, I think, yeah. yeah. But then here's Jeff Goldblum and he's playing synthesizers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I think it's a similar oh, thing Jeff. with this. Like, there's the, 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 the search for Janet was okay but it, if you'd done that in a more serious film in a more, more serious fashion I think that could have taken more more kind of time yeah um, so it the, would have been too heavy is that what you're saying? I, I just think yeah they, they made the decision in this to go for the comedy yeah and I think when something is more comedic it's like and you're not dwelling on the kind of beats yeah of like oh this could be really heavy I think then that naturally creates a kind of you you get you kind of get through material quicker you get through story quicker I think yeah maybe 
Um, but no, I yeah, I absolutely will will get on board with that because there was a lot going on and there are a lot of things that yeah I think could have been quite kind of dramatic that are kind of maybe glossed over a little bit. Well, it's not. I don't think it's the drama that I'm missing. Well, missing I think both. the comedy is fine, and I think you're right. Like comedy is is innately faster paced. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think you could still have a more complex storyline without it being um, emotionally heavy. I think you can still have a comedic but complex storyline. Okay. So. I think that you could have done it somewhere in the in between, maybe. There was a happy medium that yeah. wasn't reached. Yeah. Okay. Which is, that was my negative point. Okay, that's fair enough. What is your next point, my love? My final point. Oh, final. Was that your final point? No, I have one more. Okay. Uh, well, my final point is another moment. Um, oh, two moments. Remember, two moments, which I think I kind of often lean towards with these Marvel films because... It's just like, this is really good, this is really good. Obviously the characters are good, obviously the performances are good. Love everything, thumbs up. the music's fairly forgettable. Oops. I'm like, let's get some real themes going here, guys. That's That's true, yes. That's kind of a common complaint I have with the Marvel Marvel, films. Yeah, they need to get better composers. Yeah, you want that kind of, you know, Batman begins... You know, whoa, that's Batman. And then with the Wonder Woman. Yeah, that's, that's Wonder true. Woman. Yeah, that's and a good point. They do that And you think, well. if you've got... Is there any better opportunity to have a real good character theme yeah. than with superheroes? These yeah. kind of larger than life. Anyway. Yeah, that's um, a good point. The final point that I will go with is, yeah, is a moment. Well, more kind of a sequence, I suppose. Mm. Um, and I've entitled it Hank Pym, Science Adventurer. Oh! So this is Hank travelling into the quantum realm. Yes, you liked that, didn't you? I friggin' loved it. Oh, okay, sorry. My mistake. Your mistake, madam. <laughs> it, it will be your last. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, I loved it. I, Why did you love it? I feel like comic book films have come a long way, baby. <laughs> In, like, you know, 20 years since... The, the comic book thing kind of started again Kicked in off. earnest yeah. after the highs of Superman the movie in 78, Batman in 89, and then not and then there's the kind of lull in the 90s where there's a lot of rubbish. And then Blade comes along in 98, who isn't who kind of maybe not a superhero, but I think that often gets overlooked. But so Blade comes along and it's not really a comic book film. It's a it's a vampire film. It doesn't lead into its comic book stuff that much. X Men comes along in two thousand. Doesn't really lean into the the comic book. They they're not wearing the outfits. They're not blah blah. blah. Spider Man two thousand and one. They're kind of getting more into it. Okay. What are you laughing at? I'm just laughing at this history. <laughs> Potted, Potted history. I'm getting. I just asked you why you liked. Them. <laughs> you get You're to, getting there. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm I know. building a case. I know. You're like Michael. What's his face? Meander, ma- meandering storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Peña. 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 Um, and even by the time you get to Iron Man, you feel like... <laughs> what year is that? That's what 2008. Year is it? Okay. Uh, you feel like they're not really kind of leaning too... F- they're trying to keep it a bit more realistic. <laughs> Could you stop laughing, please? I'm just smiling. You're smiling as in a very accusatory <laughs> I'm way. Not. I not. I will look over here. Okay, Please, carry on. Um, but, they're, yeah, they're still trying to... <laughs> I'm not doing anything. No, that's just residual from you looking at me before. <laughs> they're still trying to keep it um, in some way realistic. They're not really kind of going all in on the comic book stuff. And I feel like the further along that it's gone, the more confident they felt in like, well, we can just... You look at something like Thor Ragnarok and all of the space stuff in there, and it just looks like a kind of a classic Jack Kirby, kind of ridiculous... You look at Doctor Strange, all of the kind of weird stuff that's going on in there. Like, they feel much more confident that we can push it in terms of the comic book What, in terms of, like, weirdness? Slightly weird, slightly campy, slightly less serious. Yeah. Slightly more ridiculous. Yeah. 
and people will buy it at this stage. We've yeah. built up enough goodwill that people will buy it. And you look at something like Hank Pym Science Adventure, where he puts on his like crazy retro spacesuit. Yeah. He gets in his crazy little retro bubble pod, pod spaceship. <laughs> yeah. He flies down this magical tunnel to go to this magical thing. Yeah, that's true. That involves these, I don't know what they were supposed to be like, microbes yeah. or something kind of trying to eat him. Yeah. Goes down to the thing and he's like walking on whatever the hell that is yeah no sense at all no sense at all it's just really bizarre it looks straight it's all brightly colored it's not like oh my god this is so serious bright colors going all over the place and i just thought god if there if there was a, a clearer blueprint for me for what a fantastic four film should be yeah it's this it's just crazy 1960s science fiction weirdness of taking these these fantastic voyages into the unknown tales to astonish yeah i just thought it was so fun yeah just and then he finds his wife and they have a tearful reunion and she's this kind of badass like mad max woman now yeah and they have a loving embrace and then they get back in their bubble spaceship and they come back to, to Earth. You're like, this is amazing. This is great. This is, yeah, this is the pilot episode of Hank Pym's Science Adventure. <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought that, like, let's have more of that. Let's more have, of the crazy. Yeah, we can have your Captain America's where it's, you know, all the president's men and it's all kind of Cold War secrets and spies and guns, which I love, absolutely. You can have your Spider-Man stuff, which is, you know, I mean, that's just got to be classic superhero flying around and punching bad guy stuff. But then let's have these, whether it's Hank Pym, whether it's the Fantastic Four, of these just, whether it's Doctor Strange... Of just having these crazy, slightly camp, slightly kitsch, like I feel like that. Yeah, it, they can do it. They've, like I say, they've built up that kind of goodwill mm. that they can do that, and people won't say boo now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. I, I was, I feel like I was sitting there grinning, my ear to ear, at just this like, and also like, seventy-year-old man. <laughs> in a little bubble pod spaceship flying down to rescue his wife Great from acting, the microverse. Though. I believed it. I believed it. And I, I imagine that wasn't real. I was right there. I got that emotional... <laughs> I got the emotionality, man! Um, yeah, so that that's my final point, And it wow. was a winner. Cool. Me. Okay, and then my last one, I'll just do a quick one. Um, which is just... I really liked... Um, his daughter and his relationship with his daughter in it. Yeah. Because it's really cute, which you want it to be. Yeah. But it's not sickly. And yeah. it feels unique. It feels like their relationship. It doesn't feel like, I'm a dad and this is how dads behave with daughters yeah. or children. It just felt like they had their own little kind of banter mm. and their own little kind of world. And it was cute. And there were some cute. really lovely little moments. Yeah. Um. And even that was humorous as well, where she's like, oh, you maybe you just need a partner. And she's like, I meant me. Yeah. And you like part of you is like, well, maybe she's being sarcastic because her dad's so like that. Yeah. But then she seems genuine, and it's yeah. the cutest thing. It's... And she's such a sweet girl. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just thought that was really nice. Yeah. It was just really nice because it was a... It, I also like that he, he doesn't... I mean, he does have the kind of love thing with hope. Mm. But again, there's no real time because 25 characters need to be discussed. <laughs> so like, okay, yeah, just have a quick flirtation and we'll have a quick kiss behind the cupboard and then Although we'll... Although there were, there were like a couple of moments in it where there were like lingering, smiley looks at each other. Yeah. And I thought, we don't really need that. No. Let's, let's have that as a little glance. Yeah. I much preferred the relationship with the daughter as yeah. that being the love story. Yeah. Of that being the person he's doing it for. Yeah. And that being... The kind of the love that he's mm. fighting for, mm. you know. I thought that was really nice because it's believable. Yeah, and it's you know I like that he's kind of come a long way with the mom and the stepdad of like getting along with them, and now they're a little weird, you know, new family. Yeah, they've adapted to this new new normal, new yeah, new kind of dynamics mm. that they have. Yeah, um, 
and the little girls like growing up and I just thought that was really nice and I thought that's the heart mm. that's the heart of the story for me yeah. it was that was the part that I was like I don't know that kind of got me I was mm. like that's what I care about yeah not as much I must say old Pfeiffer no I mean I was like you know I mean yeah that that's 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 Hope's kind of exactly. that's Hope and Hank's kind of emotional yeah. core yeah yeah. But I didn't feel that as much. No. I don't think it was delivered as well. No. Yeah. I don't feel like that was as much of a good emotional story. And I again I don't think that was anyone's fault with the yeah. acting. I think it was time. Mm. Um but yeah, I think that they were really efficient and really effective with building up the relationship between him and his daughter. Yeah. And I think it was largely kind of, you know, because of the Charisma of Paul Rudd and because of the great acting of that girl. Yeah. Um, and good writing. It yeah. wasn't schmaltzy. Exactly. Um, it was yeah. cute. It was nice. It was heartfelt mm. without being like, oh, if my mum's been missing for... Like, I didn't really like all that stuff with Hope. when mm. she was like, oh, I used to always hide in the same cupboard. She used to mm. always find me there. Like, well, of course she did. Well, because you were Pick in another the same spot, cupboard. Mate. Like, Jesus Christ. Jesus, mate. Mate, and I love that that Paul uh, Ant Man was like, I don't think you understand that game. Because <laughs> I was like, I literally was thinking that in my head, like, this is a ridiculous story. You're an idiot. <laughs> All the best. <laughs> happy uh, birthday! So glad you found your mum. So happy for you, Scott. Um, yeah, uh, but that was my final point. Yeah, that yeah. I liked the relationship with the daughter, and that for me was the heart of the film. It learned the lesson from Frozen of uh, you know a lot of, you know of, of, a lot of films benefit from having a love story love story doesn't have to be romantic no a lot of the best love stories are the love between uh, a family member or the love between a friend yeah this is the person that I love this is what I'm doing this is who yeah. I'm doing this for yeah learned it yeah and Back to your previous point, just quickly, yes. um, with uh, lots of stuff going on. It did make me laugh. Uh, I think especially because this is coming just after Avengers Infinity War, where, you know, there's four different teams of Avengers knocking around. There's, you know, yeah. everybody's in that film. At the end of this, when they come out of the, uh, they come out of the lab for the final time, when they're just about to go on the run oh, again. yeah. And it's like there's a team of Avengers here. There's yeah. like there's Ant Man, there's yeah. Ghost, there's the Wasp, there's Hank, there's uh, Fashionable Bill, yeah. there's Luis. There's, there's like fashionable about eight, Bobby, please. Fashionable Bobby, sorry, um, Bruce Forsyth. And <laughs> there's like eight people coming out, and they're all this big team. And I'm like, it's the Avengers yeah. again. It's the Ant Man. It's Team Ant Man. Yeah, we lost them in in Civil War. Yeah. Um, and then also just the last little last little point for me. And this is not a good point or a bad point. It's just a speculation thing, but I just want it on record. Okay. And I said this to you in the cinema. When uh, Janet comes out of the quantum realm oh, and she's yeah. got these crazy powers and she's like, the energy changed me somehow, made me different. If that is the start of mutants, in the, if, it, if quantum energy is what triggers the first examples of mutation in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then I called it. Well done. Right here. Just, it's on record now. It's on record. If that doesn't happen, I mean, no one's ever listened to this anyway, but it's, you know, there we I go. I mean, you can play it back to me when I call you a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, no, I'm just going to find the podcast, <laughs> darling. Just going to find episode 99. Just going to find it. <laughs> oh, I don't care, mate. Don't care. Just don't move care. on. No one cares. We're going to lunch, mate. <laughs> Put your shoes on. <laughs> uh, so what did you give it in the end? Four out of five. Four. Mm-hmm. And what would you have given Ant-Man 1? I can't remember. I would think it was probably the same. Probably a 4 as well. Yeah. yeah. How about um, you? I gave it a 5. And what did you give the other one? I gave it a 5. But I think this was a better 5. I do think this was a better film, <laughs> This actually. is a better film yeah. than the first one. Yeah. I think in part because of the production yeah. thing of, like, this is the same person's film all the way through. Yeah. I think that just... Well, and, and, and a far shorter kind of... I feel like even at its height, it was probably never a hundred percent a priority for Edgar Wright. Mm. Like when you're developing a film over eight years, yeah, it feels there's like a lot of other this things is not going happening. On. Yeah, for some reason. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah. So I thought this was 
those that rarest of beasts the sequel that is superior to I um, agree the predecessor agree although Marvel seems to be doing alright with it yeah there's an argument to be made that Captain America trilogy just gets better Thor probably dips what year a little was this one was that Thor come on <laughs> come on that's not no what year was Iron Man wait 2000 and... it was 2000 and shut your face <laughs> Um, so that was our spoiler filled review of Ant-Man and the Wasp yes Uh, what did we learn Tiffany B Tiffany B what did we learn we learned that there's no end to our love for Paul Rudd absolutely absolutely I will watch that man in anything you'll follow him to the ends of the earth (laughs) if he needs two kidneys (laughs) Right here, Paul, baby. Right here. <laughs> I've got them lefty and righty winging their way to you, sir. Cheers! Cheers! <laughs>